Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have a guest from the community where I was born, St. Catharines, Ontario. And uh, our guest today is Steve Borisenko. And uh, welcome, Steve. Thank you. Nice to be here. I, I wish I actually didn't have to be here, but it's nice to be here nonetheless. Okay. So, Steve, let's start with your education. Where did you go to school? Um, so, I left high school early. I didn't graduate high school. I wrote all the tests to get into George Brown, so I got into George Brown. Um, George Brown wasn't kind of for me, so I went to U of T for philosophy um, and got in there to study philosophy. And then that wasn't, school wasn't ever really my thing. I couldn't, school and I didn't go along very well. So then um, I got a job on the road as a guitar technician because I always played guitar. I always ripped them apart. I always, and that basically live production and Stage management and production management and guitar tucking has been my life for the last 30 years. Okay, so talk about your work experience. Where did you I've start toured, working? Oh, uh, so that would have been around 91, 92 on the road. Um, I started with Canadian bands. My The first band I went out with was a band called I Mother Earth. And then that led into... Our Lady Peace and a whole bunch of different Canadian acts. And then I got, then I met Chris Lamb, who was doing Shakira at the time. And I jumped over into the Shakira camp. And then I jumped around from Shakira to Ricky Martin to Rihanna to Madonna to Carrie Underwood to a whole bunch in between that I can't even remember to tell you the the truth. Okay, so where do you work now? So now I'm a production manager at Fallsview Casino. Uh, I'm not sure if I should say am or was because we're not doing any production shows since this whole COVID mess took over. Um, So yeah, I'm just waiting to hear whether or not we're going to do that. And uh, now the foundation that I started for my son is, is my focus. Okay, Fallsview Casino, for those who don't know, where is that? Oh, Niagara Falls. Okay. Ontario. Okay. And that's a place to lose your money? Um, it is, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what people do there. <clears throat> so your role there has been production manager. Uh, what production does that manager. Mean? What does that I, was, mean? I was production manager of the Avalon Theater uh, along with two or three other guys. Um, so anytime a, a show would come into the Avalon Theater there, anytime we had, I can't even remember any names of the shows, but anytime we had a show come in, I would deal with all the production side of things. So I would make sure that the consoles were the right place. I would get all the rental gear. I would make sure if there was video walls, I would make sure that we had all the crew. It was all the logistics to go with it about deliveries and pickups and drop-offs and all that kind of stuff. But at least it was a full-time job at that time. It was more than a full-time job. We worked 
we worked a lot. <laughs> there was very, very long days. Live production starts at about, well, on the road, live production starts at about 5 or 6 a.m. and doesn't finish until about 3 a.m. Wow. So very, very long days. Wow. Okay, so moving along, you have a problem with your son. So tell us about that situation. So Jacob, Jacob was, he always suffered from a little bit of anxiety and, uh, and I want to say insecurity, um, although his friends would disagree with me because on the outside, he was one of the most secure people you'd ever meet. Um, he always had a little bit of depression in there. Um, when we, we had him in to see a psychiatrist, sorry, a psychologist before COVID, um, and things were getting worked out, and he got a job at GM, and he, he liked the job at GM. Um, COVID hit, GM closed down. Uh, he was laid off more than he worked. He was laid off for, I think, at 1.8 months in a row with, like, a week in between. Um, the He started – so we, we tried to get him meds to help him with his anxiety and depression. We went to a psychiatrist – through a referral through our doctor who was the Jake was really looking forward to it actually, because he, he said, dad, I need some help. So, so I did my best to get him some help. Um, I'm sorry. I just need a minute. <clears throat> so we lined up a psychiatrist and she, uh, she got on a Zoom meeting, of course, because you couldn't go face-to-face, -face, and God forbid anyone actually touch or speak to each other um, live. So she, about 10 minutes into the meeting of Jake telling him his symptoms and, and everything, she, she told him, I don't need the details. And then she went on to write him a prescription, and that was that. So she just threw some pills at him and said, here you go, feel better, take care. So then we moved on to another psychotherapist who we found, who we made some real strides with. She, um, she talked to, she, she worked with our, our medical doctor um, and, and it seemed to be working. We made some good strides. Jake was doing good, but he would have these things like something would come up. And he, did, he had no coping skills. He had no, he didn't know how to cope with anxiety. He didn't know how to cope with stress and depression. He didn't, we, I couldn't get him that sort of like, it'll be okay feeling that most of us have when we're really stressed or have to deal with something that gets us all worked up. We have that ability to go, okay, well, I've been here before and I made it through. So we'll be all right. Uh, Jake didn't have that. So he started to self-medicate with Xanax, with street Xanax. Um, and then one thing leads to another, and you end up getting the wrong Xanax, and you end up getting the wrong guy who's making it, and these guys are making pills and Percocets and Adderall and Xanax and cocaine and all sorts of stuff and selling it on Snapchat. Um and he got the wrong pills one night and they were, they, they were, it's a suspected fentanyl overdose. Um, the coroner is looking into the toxicology right now. That's why I have to say it's suspected. Um, 
it's not suspected for me. I, I saw the pictures from the night before. He actually took pictures of the Xanax bars and the Percocets in his hand. And I know that those had been tested for fentanyl, so I, it's, this isn't a question for me, but I'm going to say suspected because the toxicology is not back. Um, and he took the wrong pill and he paid for it with his life. And he's not the only one. And the numbers are going through the roof. Depression and anxiety and stress on kids when they take away sports, when they take away skate parks, when they take away any interaction, when they take away school, when <clears throat> everything's done through video and there's no, everyone's wearing a mask and you can't see human interaction anymore. It's beyond me how anyone would think this would end any different way. There's only one way this is going to end, and it's going to end with depressed kids um, that can't play anymore and can't have interaction that are scared to go in the same car if they don't live in the same address because all the adults cheer, oh, we caught two, and, and find them $850. Like, it's so backwards and they, got, they stuck their heads so far in the COVID cloud that they forgot to take a look around at what the cost was that they were actually doing because the overdose numbers, they pale or they make the COVID numbers like a distant second. It's not even close. But we're only paying attention to COVID. Doug Ford doesn't say a word about overdoses. I think he threw something out the other day. He's going to throw $32 million in mental health. Well, that's all he said. Where's it going? What's he doing with it? Is he just giving it to his buddies to make up signs for a door that they be happy? There's no explanations, just like this rollout plan for stage one, stage two, stage three. Worst plan I've ever seen in my life. There's, 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 no, there's no definitions. He doesn't give details. He gives these broad strokes of a paintbrush with zero details. And then Justin Trudeau is just, you know, He's a drama teacher. He, he's that's what he does. He's a drama teacher. So, and then Patty Hadju, of course, is a graphic artist. So, I'm not quite sure how anyone thought this would roll out any differently when you have these kind of people in charge. Uh, it's a shame, but it is what it is, and we are where we are, and it needs to be fixed. And I am now calling out all of them. And I'm calling every parent with a son or daughter who's experiencing depression or anxiety to please be careful because you don't know what they're doing when you're not around. You really don't know. You have to pay attention. You have to look at the Snapchat stuff. You have got to, you've got to pay attention. If you think your son or daughter is maybe drinking a little too much or partying with their friends, they're doing more than that. And all it takes is one bad pill and you are where I am and I don't want anyone to be here and it could also lead to uh, driving problems both drugs oh, absolutely. and alcohol absolutely absolutely it's it's the the ramifications of this are just they're non-ending the the whole healthcare system as a whole the way we try and give help to kids is a spider web of uselessness because there's St. Catharines tries to do as much as they can and they have some really good programs, but there are massive holes 
when it comes to the program and the user. I've been through it with Jake, and I've seen I've seen the that in February Jake had an overdose. Um, someone used Narcan uh, naloxone, which I highly recommend everyone going out and getting from Shoppers Drug Mart. It's free. All you need is your health card, but it should be in your first aid kit. Absolutely, it should. Um, I finally got into the, the hospital to see him, and there was a psychiatrist in right beside right before me, and he was still. You know, my son's on an IV and his organs, they're telling me his organs are all messed up. And so I'm freaking out in the hospital. I'm just like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? <clears throat> and there's eight beds in St. Catharines that parents and kids can use as a detox sort of three day. We'll get them detoxed and then we move on from there. So the, again, a psychiatrist, a wonderful psychiatrist um, comes walking in with her little checkboard and she checks off, do you want to hurt yourself? Do you want to do this? And she's asking a 20-year-old who's just OD'd to give her answers that are going to be coherent. But I think my kid probably swore at her or said, get out or something like that. Um, and then they let me in three minutes later, and I talked to him. Two minutes it took me. And he said, Dad, I'll do whatever you think is best. So I told the nurse, all right, let's take to bed. Let's dry out for three days. Let's, let's start moving. She went to go find the psychiatrist lady that was there. Uh, she had already left. She marked him as a no and already left. So we couldn't get a, get him into the bed that failed. Um, and we were out on the street six hours later. So when I spoke to the head of the open network, who's in charge of those beds, Brenda, that's not how that is supposed to go. It's not supposed to work that way but it did work that way. And what they make pamphlets and they make all sorts of things for parents to have uh, information and you can go look it up and you can. And my thing to Brenda was, okay, I'm a parent freaking out for my son. I'm not about to go look at pamphlets. I need someone there to keep me focused and to talk to me about an action plan. I need someone there to be able to go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And now I know he's 20 and I know he's an adult and I know I can't force him to do anything, but in a capacitated state like that, as his parent, I should be able to, I, I don't see why I can't because everyone sees he can't make rational decisions. So why can't I, and these things need to be looked at and they need to be changed. And we need someone at the hospital to deal specifically with, kids coming in and parents coming in with kids on these overdoses so that there's direct eye to eye contact on here's our game plan because the plans are out there. It's just trying to uh, access them and trying to find them is very, very confusing. It's very confusing. So Steve, what you've done though is you've turned a, a very bad situation into a positive. I've by, tried, yeah. By, and how have you done that? So um, my business partner and my best friend and brother, um, Rick Corvez, said to me, it was about two days after Jake passed, and he said, we should put a website up, and we should, uh, we should try doing some, some awareness, and we should get the story out there because it's, 
doesn't need to happen. It's happening all the time. So I came up with the name Jacob's Wall. I don't know where it came from. It just sort of happened. And then uh, we started a website. And I reached out to the St. Catherine Standard, I believe, and the mayor's office at the same time. And both got back to me right away. And the Standard did a great piece, a great article. Um, the meeting with the mayor went really well. I'm still waiting on a couple things to hear back from him. So if you're watching this, I'm waiting. Um, then came more stuff. Then came Niagara Weekly, and then came CHCH News. I wrote them an article, and Emily from CHCH News did a, an amazing job. And then came a CBC article in Hamilton that went across the country and started getting the name of Jacob's Wall out there and what we're trying to do. So when whenever I did have meetings with the mayor's office or Brenda or Brenda or whoever I would, I would speak with, I was like, the, the problem is, I think, we're trying to battle these monsters out there that are making reconstructed pills with fentanyl and cutting them with different agents and, and basically making lethal pills that are murdering our kids. And we're trying to battle them old school. And we can't battle them old school. We need technology. We have to use technology because they're using technology. Their, their whole delivery system of the drugs is this thing called Snapchat. And I say that because I've read other articles and I saw it for myself on my son's phone. And what they do is Snapchat is a, it's like a Facebook messenger. It's like you can text each other back and forth, but the message only lasts for 10 seconds. Well, you can get unsolicited messages for Percocets for sale or cocaine for sale or Adderall or Xanax or all sorts of stuff on Snapchat. Well, I don't know what Snapchat is. I'm not, 20 years old. I, I'm not. I didn't keep up on all the messenger stuff. So they wrapped it up in this beautiful package for teenagers to use and get used to that they can sell drugs to easily. And nobody even looks at it because it's just, oh, it's for kids. It's They talk to each other about whatever. That's not it at all. This thing, this thing is brutal. And it's, I mean, you can... <laughs> You can have cocaine delivered to your house. They'll, they'll just deliver it to your house. So these guys are using technology-based delivery systems, and we're still old-school pen and paper. Like, we're, we're, we're so far behind. So that's where Rick and I came up with the idea for an app, a smartphone app, that, number one, can protect these kids from some, from some things. And number two, it gives them just some, it gives them something. It gives us some hope while we go after the lawmakers and while we go after these monsters that are killing our kids. We need to give them something in technology form that'll say, "Wait a minute, hold on." So what we designed was, and we're still in the development phase because it costs a lot of money to get these things done. So originally, we wanted it to when you would use the app and you were in a situation that you couldn't get out of and you didn't feel comfortable in, instead of calling 911 and then being ostracized from all your friends after you did it, we thought, well, let's make it anonymous and let's just use some sort of voice recognition in your phone or let's punch in a different password in your phone and it will do it for you. Trying to get the app to be used by um, different police 
offices all over the country is going to be very, very difficult and it's going to take a very long time. There's a lot of red tape. So we moved the goalposts a little and we wanted to do it peer to peer. So now if you're going out with your friends and you know some stuff might happen and you're a little worried about it, um, on your contact list, you can put your parents on your contact list. You can put your best friends that aren't going with you. You can put an aunt or an uncle that you're really close with. You can put anyone. So if you get out that night and you find, you know, you're you're getting bombarded with do do lines of coke, do Percocets, do this, do that, and you want to get out, well, now you can just type a number into your phone on your pad code, and it will send alerts out to everybody that's on on there. And then from there, those people can phone 911, or they can call you and say, you know, uh, something happened to Grandma, I have to come pick you up, and we can get you out safely without having to get you in trouble at school or in trouble with your friends. Same with drinking and driving. If you're in the back of the car and your buddy's doing 160 down the QEW, you're not going to call 911 on your friend. It's not going to happen. But if you hit the panic button on this app, your parents will because they'll get a GPS location of where you are. They'll get your rate of speed and they'll get your direction and they can give it directly to the police to intervene and, and save lives, not just of the lives in that car, but other lives that are on the road that are just innocent. So, um, Steve, what's been the reaction to the website? The website's been getting a lot of, a lot of reaction. We've been, We've been doing good. We, uh, we've been taking donations. That's been going up to. That's been going up steadily. Um, we've been getting a lot of, a lot of. Uh, we've been getting a lot of things coming back with a lot of positive reaction. We are going to change it. and We have to update it. Um, I am going to update as we go along. It's just hard for me right now because I. As my wife said, I'm, I'm battling two monsters. I'm battling grief, and I'm battling this whole fentanyl drug overdose situation, which is growing daily, and I, I need help on that side. The, the grief side, I will work through, and I will get myself through with the love and support of my family. Um, the other side, I need help. I need help fundraising. I need, I need help. So do you have mentors that could intervene with some of the kids or the parents? So that's the other side of the, um, we have a, we have a, a group of kids. It, so have you ever watched the dog whisperer, Caesar Milan? You know, when he gets a bad dog, not a bad dog, but a dog that doesn't know the rules, dog doesn't obey, dog that's aggressive maybe. He always takes that dog back and he shows that dog a new pack. And within two or three days, that dog has sort of learned the rules of the pack and they settle down and within a week they get it. So we have a, we have a volunteer section, a mentor, a mentor section on our, on the website that if you want to become a mentor, we sort of want it done in groups because I've noticed that kids so you, you have a kid who is doing heroin and uh, doing cocaine, and maybe he really wants to get out, but he's addicted and he doesn't know how, and he has no other group of friends, and this is all that they do, and this is all that he knows. It's going to be very difficult for that guy to get out of it. He's going to have a really hard time of getting out of it. 
But if you can take a group of five guys that all agree that this is something that we need to do and not just be a mentor, but be a friend and be there for somebody, a total stranger. It doesn't even have to be someone that you're, it can be a total stranger, but make them, but care about them and show them that there's a new way to do things and that this is how we do things. And you bring, you bring that stray dog into the good pack. I have a feeling that's the way that you get through to these kids when you take them away from that stuff and you put them in a good situation with good friends. And I know that there's groups of good friends out there. I know there is. And so we're trying to do that. We need, we don't want people to just sort of try and take this on all by themselves as one volunteer. We're kind of looking for groups of volunteers, like five kids, 20 years old. Yeah, they drink and they go fishing and they do whatever but they're, they stay away from that side of things and they're willing to help another 20 year old, another 22 year old, 23 year old get through this whole depression of COVID in a good group. So right now you're in St. Catharines. Yeah. Three years from now, do you see expanding this across Ontario or across Oh, Canada? I see expanding this across Ontario and Canada hopefully six months from now there's absolutely the apple the apple work across the country and into the states it's it has no the thing everybody has to realize is i called it an epidemic for a while and then i looked up the the difference between epidemic and pandemic this fentanyl drug overdose situation is a pandemic because it spreads from canada to the states down in New Mexico, over to the UK, all across Europe. It's getting worse by the day across the world. This, this isn't isolated to the Niagara region. I started with the Niagara region because this is where I need to concentrate and this is where I wanna run, I wanna run this app to see if it works and to see if it helps. But I, I, can, I could quite easily take this across the world and, and not just me, if people, if I can get some success with it, then I want smarter people than me to come in and help and give me more suggestions. And this is going to take everyone. And, it's, and it has to be free. And it has to be done properly. And I, I'm only one guy. And Rick, my partner, is only one guy. We can't do everything. So we know that we have to expand. And we know we need smarter minds than us. And we're open to it. Because I don't own this. This isn't, and I'm not even doing this for my son because it's too late. I, my son is in a box sitting on a shelf beside me. I'm doing this for everyone else's son and daughter. Terrific. Okay, so having said all of that, what are three recommendations that you would make to parents? So... <clears throat> Make sure your kids know you love them every single day. Never let them leave the house without telling you, telling them that you love them. That's make sure they know it. When your kid comes home and they're listening to music in their basement and they're listen to it. There were, there were hints with Jacob that I didn't know. And I, not until after he passed that I heard the music he was listening to. It spelled out a lot of this for me. 
on just how much pain he was in. Um, and maybe I can't play the maybe game, but I wish I would have listened harder and I wish I would have paid more attention. Do not let work get in front of your kids. If your kids want to do something with you, if you want to, do not let work come between you and your family, as it does so often with everyone. It's absolutely important that you spend time with your kids and they know you love them. Because if, God forbid, this happens to you, the worst feeling you can have is the, if I could have only, if I, did they know I love them? Am I sure they know that I love them? I've been through it, and it's, it rips your soul out on a daily basis. It, it rips me open. So, Steve, what is the uh, website again? Uh, the website is Jacob's Wall, Jacob's, J-A-C-O-B-S hyphen wall, W-A-L-L dot com. Terrific. Well, thank you for your story. It's a, thank a, diff- you. It's a difficult one. But it uh, is. You, it's, you've, uh, you've turned a negative into a positive. I'm still trying to. We have a long way to go. We we just started, and we need everyone to please, if you can afford to donate anything to help us get this up and running, please donate. We need it. Um, and if you can't donate it, just share the link. Become a member. Subscribe to it. Uh, and just get involved. It's important everyone get involved because when you see what these numbers are are doing, it's not safe. It's not safe for your kids.